Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Brian Nichols Show. I am your humble host, Brian Nichols, associate editor over at the Libertarian Republic. The Brian Nichols Show is the greatest and latest podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. If it's your first time joining the Brian Nichols Show, welcome. We are the fastest growing liberty podcast across the nation, reaching all those from the political spectrum. As host, my goal is to present the news you care about in an objective manner with a goal to help educate, enlighten, and inform. As always, you can follow me over on Twitter and on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. And please feel free to subscribe to my Patreon at B Nichols Liberty to help me keep on producing this content that you enjoy. Also, if you're interested in making a one-time donation via PayPal, PayPal me at the Brian Nichols Show at gmail.com. Find that in the show link. Also, again, please share today's show with your friends and family to help us keep on promoting this message of liberty. And if you can, please take a moment and rate and review us over on iTunes. Also, if you have any questions or comments, email me at thebriannicholshow at gmail.com. And if you're interested in one of those great don't hurt people, don't take people stuff up our stickers, again, shoot me an email, thebriannicholshow at gmail.com for more details. And today I'm joined yet again by a phenomenal liberty lover, Remzo Martinez. I had him on a couple months ago to plug his amazing, wonderful, so spectacular book, Stay Away from Libertarians. He's obviously best known for his podcast over at the Remzo Republic. But today, again, we're going to discuss not only his his work as a libertarian, but Stay Away from Libertarians. Uh, He's going to give you an update where that stands, but also we're going to discuss some issues that Remzo's been facing uh, in the uh, the camp like that of or not Alex Jones would be censoring of uh, a libertarian and conservative voices. So with that being said, Remzo Martinez, welcome back to the Brian Nichols Show. Brian, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back on with you and your audience. Thank you, sir. Hey, man, I'm so glad we were able to get you back on. Um, and I, I, especially for, I mean, it's it's unfortunate what we're talking about today because um Kind of, kind of give a platform uh, to what you've been experiencing yourself with the the large issue of censoring conservative and libertarian voices. Now, obviously, uh, it was in the news uh, back last month, end of last month, Alex Jones, Infowars.com, even some people in the conservative realm like uh, Gavin McInnes banned from social media platforms like twitter.com facebook alex jones had his entire youtube pages removed um we're seeing their content being removed from the apple store the google play store and a lot of libertarians kind of sat back and were like well that's impacting these folks that are you know way up in the stratosphere of conservative libertarian conspiracy theory um you know sectors up there way up in, in the netherlands that'll never impact us but here you are, Remzo Martinez, and you are experiencing some of the very censorship that the likes of an Alex Jones was experiencing. So to start off, give us the uh, the, the basics as to um, what I guess led to this uh, this this content censoring um, for for your work over at uh, the Remzo Republic. Well, Brian, you know, it's never good to be tied to Alex Jones because nine (laughs) times out of 10, you're going to get some type of weird kooky controversy out. But it's uh, more peripheral than I might be making it sound. It actually starts off about a year ago, actually, about the time I graduated from college. I went ahead and I began, you know, my venture as an independent full time podcaster and journalist. 
And, you know, at the time, like, you know, I was just doing the podcast. I was blogging, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm really nobody. And to to a certain degree, there is a certain how do I put it? There's a certain safety and freedom and flexibility and being nobody. That means you can get away of saying things. That means you can get away of certain things that certain big people can't. And at the end of the day, you don't have to deal with as much of the backlash. That's what I thought until, well, I started kind of getting into the weeds of things, especially here in my home of Virginia. Virginia, being so close to D.C., tends to get picked up in national politics way more often than I typically like. Around May of 2017, uh, I was doing a daily live show called Remso Republic Live, and one of the first episodes I did I thought was just going to be you know, kind of a filler episode. We were talking about something which you know, um, not a lot of people were talking about because it wasn't that necessarily being covered by any mainstream outlet. You see, during the Obama administration, he went ahead and brought over thousands of El Salvadorian, quote, children into the Commonwealth of Virginia. And these children turned out to be primarily uh, 18 to 25-year-old El Salvadorian MS-13 members. Well, what ended up happening? He brought them over to a holding facility in Manassas, Virginia, about 10 minutes up the road from where I live. And a good chunk of the children went missing. What we saw after that was an increase in violent deaths and drug and human trafficking crime. And over the next couple of years, it progressively got much, much worse. Down in Lynchburg, Virginia, the home of Liberty University, the second most church city in the world, around the time I was graduating from there, we had multiple beheadings and mutilations that, you know, basically these, these criminals left the bodies in the middle of downtown so that way everyone could see them. Everyone knew it was MS-13, but nobody was really talking about it. One of the first live shows I did in May of 2017 was with a guy who was running for a Lynchburg Commonwealth attorney. His name was Tim Griffin. And essentially what we did was we just talked about how this MS-13 influx occurred. Uh, we did the show. It did pretty well. A few weeks later, nothing really happened. Then probably about, you know, I want to say about 10, 14 days later, about a solid two weeks, I start getting an influx of people on my page. I'm thinking, okay, my marketing, my show, every, you know, obviously I'm getting new people, but you always want to see who's actually liking your page. So this I went is, on this is Facebook yeah. or, or, or Twitter. This is Facebook on Facebook. Okay. So just so we, so we're setting the right, the platform, it, yeah. this is Facebook. This is, this is pre all the, the conspiracy theories being promoted by Alex Jones, all the stuff in the past few months. This is back 2017, end of spring, beginning of summer. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, so on Facebook, I'm getting about two to 300 new likes like overnight at this point. And I go ahead and I'm looking at some of the people that are liking my page, and they're extremely liberal folks. And at this point, I'm like, okay, why are all these liberals liking a page? Because, you know, I'm more of a conservative libertarian center right type of guy and i'm talking about stuff that a lot of them might not like so i'm thinking okay but they might just troll me as soon as i noticed this within the next day i realized that over 400 people disliked my page within several hours what, now what, thinking, what does that mean if they dislike the page what so what would lead them to to just say all right you know we're gonna like this page and then you know not even a couple of days later, we're all unliking it. What does that do? Like, what's the that, issue behind that? Yeah, that that was the big mystery at the time. But what I noticed was that after that massive unliking of my Facebook page, I saw that the organic reach of my posts began to, you know, decrease almost to being non-existent. You know, my my page at the time had maybe about 1,200 likes on there. So I used to get between 50 and 100 people per post if I, you know, scheduled them during a, a good time of the day. But... At this point, during that next 24 to 48 hours, 
uh, almost nobody could see my post. Even if I was doing one post a day, nobody could do it. But what I figured out was that when you have a massive amount of unlikes on a page, what Facebook does is they flag your page and essentially they think that something you know, real scandalous is about to go down and you're about to make them look bad. So essentially what they did was they organically flagged my page without doing anything more than trying to just, you know, do a massive unliking of my Facebook page. And they couldn't realize that you just had an influx of users who started liking your page and then to, to watch their activity to say, okay, they just liked it 24 hours ago and all of a sudden they all unlike it at once. They, they, that didn't pop up in their algorithms, you don't think? When you look at the billions of people that are on Facebook, a page that's getting a few hundred likes overnight isn't necessarily that big of a deal. Maybe if I was getting tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of likes, that would be a different thing. But what really began to bother me was as soon as this happened, I was like, okay, a bunch of people unliked my page. Now none of my content can be seen. That Facebook live video I did with uh, the candidate who was running for Commonwealth's attorney, who I had on to talk about MS-13, it was getting flagged for everything from sexual abuse to sexually explicit content to bullying to online harassment. Basically, they went down the list of things you could flag a video for, and they were just going down the list. So quickly, I was able to go ahead and throw it over to YouTube. But as soon as I uploaded on YouTube, within about like an afternoon, the video was flagged for explicit content and it wouldn't be allowed to upload you can go ahead and check out the video now it has maybe like 40 likes but you know it for like a month i it wasn't you know it was uploaded but no one could see it it's as if it was unlisted to everybody but me so that really freaked me out then around i want to say july of 2017 i started getting all these very threatening messages emails to my facebook page from people saying they were at the new york times and they were going to write exposés about me and all this other stuff they were making fake facebook Jeez. pages saying that me and the sky were you know inciting racial paranoia and everything and i don't know how i could be racist towards latinos i am a latino so it kind of you know freaks me out but, you know, I went ahead and I started investigating some of these pages and I realized they were all fake and they were all linked to a couple of groups based out of Charlottesville, Virginia, that are part of the whole Antifa resistance type of movement. So during that time, things really start going kind of downhill. I'm combating these people. I'm throwing lots of money into marketing. I'm trying to get as many guests on as possible. I'm trying to mobilize my online army to help invite people like my page. Basically, I was trying to make sure that all my content on Facebook wouldn't get shut down because at the time, Facebook and Twitter were essentially my only social media platforms. Since right. then, I had to expand. But you know, if you don't exist on Facebook, you essentially don't exist. And then around September, all my videos on YouTube were demonetized. And this was during the giant demonetization of Prager University, of uh, Right Side Broadcasting Network, uh, Paul Joseph Watson. You name someone on the right, uh, even Ford Fisher from News to Share. All of our content was getting you know, either taken down or demonetized. And it was a big deal around September of 2017. And then around October, I'm doing more investigations. This time I'm investigating uh, former Attorney General Eric Holder and possible money laundering, campaign finance violations during the Virginia election at the time. So I'm getting a lot more negative attention from these liberals, especially from the Charlottesville area where I did a lot of uh, political activism when I was in college. And it's getting to the point where, you know, it was just, I could not put out 
something that had to do with an actual story. Like I could put out a podcast about something random and no one would care. I actually do my job as a reporter and instantly it's getting flagged or censored or demonetized or taken down. And then finally around November, you know, you post anything promoting cryptocurrency in 2017, Facebook took it down because they said everyone that's posting anything that has to do with Bitcoin or crypto is a scam artist. So essentially Jeez. for about two, two months, my YouTube channel was essentially defunct. My Facebook page, I couldn't do anything on there. And then uh, at the time, I realized that this was getting even worse because I was uh, you know, working for the American Conservative magazine at the time. And I realized that whenever they were writing an article about social media censorship, it would get flagged. So at this point, I realized, oh my God, like something really bad is happening. So, so Ramso, are, are, now just, are you able to tell who's flagging your videos? Is it is it the same group of people who were who were you know doing the mass like unlike of your your Facebook pages, or is this? Is, do you think it's entirely unrelated, or what are your thoughts as to what was making your content uh, get these flags? I think. It primarily had to do with most of my investigative reporting. Uh, I'm too small of a person to have really hit any big nerve. But what I realized was that because of the content that was mainly getting hit, because of the you know, people I was able to kind of track down and see where they were coming from, they were coming from uh, an organization called Indivisible Charlottesville, uh, the Resistance Virginia, Antifa Charlottesville, and some people that were linked to the Democratic Party of Virginia. All you need to really do, and I've noticed this over time in uh, social media and political consulting, is that if you have a small, irate group of people that are able to do something systematically at a single moment, you can really screw up somebody online. Yeah, you can make a very small situation seem much bigger. So I do think that maybe, and these are my rough numbers, I think it was about 50 to 150 people that were in on this because I noticed that other individuals were getting hit with kind of the same uh, issues at the time as well. And then finally, uh, you know, in uh, January, I became a contributor for a website called redt.com. I began talking about social media censorship, the need for alternative social media platforms. And, uh, you know, I noticed that none of that stuff was getting any clicks from Twitter or Facebook. Now, I started setting up co uh, accounts on Minds.com, Gab, a few other uh, alternative social media sites, and those would get clicks. But you have Facebook. You know, I wrote an article called How Facebook Ruined the Word Friends, and I was kicked off <laughs> my Facebook page for several days for posting spam. But it was just that one article. Um, I mean, it was it was terrible. And around January of 2018, I hear Alex Jones, who I listen to every once in a while, just because he tends to talk about things that will at some point get picked up in the mainstream media. So I like to hear what everyone's talking about. Alex Jones was talking about the fact that, oh, I'm going to get kicked off Facebook one day and I'm listening. I'm like, OK, that's bull. Facebook's not going to kick you off. So when he did get kicked off in August, like I'm looking at the past year and a half of my life and I'm like, holy shit, like I don't know what he's right about, you know, when it comes to other things, but I know he was right about this one. And if little guys like me can get hit, can get, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, I was in a, I, I can't talk too much about because the case just like got resolved, but you know, I, I reached a settlement with this one online, uh, photo image, uh, company that basically said that I incorrectly cited one of their photographers and it was owned by basically the same people that are in charge of Viacom, Getty Images, 
that type of thing. It's all linked gotcha. to big corporate social media. So I had to pay a giant settlement for something that, you know, one of my writers back when I had a team of five to six writers published and, you know, didn't properly cite the photo. But, you know, why are they going on my website? My website, you know, I only at the max maybe had like 5,000 views a month uniquely. So if they're going after me and then they're going after guys of smaller blogs than mine, like, you know, everyone thinks, oh, it's always going to be from the top down when they finally start coming after you and censoring you. No, it's a flood and it's slowly flooding because it hits everybody else that doesn't have a voice. And then by the time it hits somebody big like Alex Jones, that's when it finally starts coming out. And Alex, so Alex Jones getting deplatformed. And I actually, so I had Jeremy Coffin on my show. Um, he's one of the board directors over at the Free State Project up in New Hampshire. Um, and he has his own platform called Library. And we were talking about this in terms of looking for an alternative to the traditional forms, not only of social media, but just in the the manner in which we uh, in which we disseminate content, be it in the forms of video, audio, um, through email, you you name it. And his website, it's not even necessarily a website; it's an actual medium for which to. Uh, so, like he, the way he explained it to me was: imagine you have um, your your traditional HTTPS. Um, dot slash slash uh, browser, all of like Google, Yahoo, and, and you name the, the website, run on that um, platform. And basically, the library is an alternative to that, and it's based on blockchain technology where once it's out there, the only person who can remove it is the person who posted it. Um, and he was promoting that as an alternative, and obviously to, to social media platforms, we have these alternatives like Minds and, and Gab, and the narrative's been being promoted as, well, you know, Gab, for example, they're uh, supposed to be this alt-right, um, you know, hate speech zone. And it's been really promoted in this narrative to, I would say, keep people away from exploring these alternative forms of, of social media and content sharing. Um, now, obviously, Gab has done their part to kind of stoke that fire and bring alternative voices into it. Um, but nonetheless, we're seeing people like Alex Jones who are being deplatformed. And then, again, a lot of libertarians would sit back and say, well, you know, Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist. It's not going to happen to me. So at what point did you look at this and you say, wow, it it is happening to me? So during my Eric Holder investigation, I went to a public event in the town of Clifton, Virginia, and I actually met a member of the um, Democratic Party of Virginia who was actually part of their press team. And I simply asked her, it's like, okay, this is a week after the Las Vegas massacre. Why are you guys bringing over a guy, Eric Holder, that is, who gave thousands of fully automatic assault rifles to Mexican drug cartels to come to Virginia and raise money for Virginia General Assembly members to try and crank down on gun control. It seems like that just doesn't make much sense. And this woman got a crowd of maybe six or seven people to swarm around me. And I got her on tape. And I'll go ahead and send you the the recording after this. But mm -hmm. I got her on tape essentially saying that Fast and Furious under air colder in which uh, – Border Patrol agent Brian Terry was killed, and around several thousand Mexican and American citizens were killed by cartels. Never happened. I got her to go on record to say that the Eric Holder probing and censorship of the Associated Press, the Washington Times, and other uh, media outlets never happened. Basically, every Eric Holder scandal that happened during his tenure as attorney general in the Obama administration never happened. It got to the point where, you know, the recording will cut off and you hear me basically screamed out of that public event. 
And around that time, that's when things started getting so much worse. Everything I posted about my Eric Holder investigation, wondering why no one wanted to talk about Eric Holder in Virginia, was getting any type of traction. So hmm. eventually what I had to do is I had to essentially not give up my story, but I sent all the evidence and everything I gathered to a couple larger outlets. And eventually it was picked up by, um, you know, the, the blaze PJ media, daily caller, daily wire, because the problem wasn't Eric Holder's raising money for members of the Virginia house of delegates who were pushing for gun control. The problem was Eric Holder is doing a lot of crazy stuff around the country because ultimately Eric Holder wants to run for president in 2020. Mm -hmm. And if you brought any negative attention to what he was doing, if you even brought him up, I mean, there's a reason why no one really talked about him for a while. I mean, he's he's producing and directing a show on NBC. He's been uh, lobbying and raising money for candidates across the country. He's been an advocate for gerrymandering reform, for gun control with Moms Demand Action, Every Town USA. I mean, he doesn't want much attention brought to him because when he comes out and he announces he wants to run for president, he's going to be clean. But that's the thing. Nobody wants you to talk about him because nine times out of ten, if you're going to talk about Eric Holder, you're going to talk about something negative. Right. I mean, he was one of the I – th I think he was one of, if not the first, attorney generals to actually be held in contempt of, of, of Congress, correct? Or censured he, in Congress. He, yes, he was. He was. So, okay. So, I got to ask this question now because I got I to do my part as the host. I got to play devil's advocate. So, you're going to have people who are listening to this, this interview and they're going to say, okay – but does causation really equal correlation and vice versa? You know, correlation equal causation. Is it really on you to be able to prove that, well, your investigative journalism into MS-13, into uh, Eric Holder's gun running, is that really what was a targeted attempt for people to try and silence specifically you because of that? Uh, or is there maybe some other things behind the scenes that just it was completely coincidental? I think what people began to notice was that when they targeted me in May of 2017 for just simply trying to bring up the conversation of MS-13 in Virginia, they knew that somebody was taking notice of it. And, you know, my show was, you know, probably the number one millennial politi political uh, content in the Commonwealth of Virginia at the time. Uh, they knew that somebody started to notice it. And then when I started to get more involved in my journalism, they began to realize, okay, someone's not just taking notice of it. Somebody's actually really looking into this. And, you know, it, it gets to the point where maybe they were kind of poking me, thinking that I'd stay down if I got scared. But all it kind of made me do was push back harder. Right. And the thing is, like, we see a, we're, what we have right now is a whole generation of new media journalists, independent reporters who are going out and doing what the main, big mainstream media you know, entities aren't doing, you know, Fox News doesn't go out and report stories. CNN mm -hmm. certainly doesn't. MSNBC has never reported news in their life. The Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos and the New York Times is owned by uh, Mexican billionaire Carlos Slim. I mean, it's just we, like regular people, Laura Loomer, you know, you could think, you know, 20 million different things about her. But the one thing that I think everyone could admit is that she's a pretty stunning journalist. Um, there are other people that are, you know, kind of sticking their nose in places where people don't want them because that's where the real story is. And when you start to expose right. this, you know, the fact that, you know, and not everything is the way it seems, that really kind of freaks people out. 
I mean, I was on the right side with uh, Kimberly Ross and Andrea Ruth from RedState.com, and I even brought this up with regards to looking at the traditional media versus the kind of, um, like, the rogue media that exists today, where pretty much anybody with a cell phone and an internet connection can become a journalist. You could have um, these organizations that have had monopolies on the, the news, air quote, news industry, and now all of a sudden they're being forced to compete in areas that otherwise they weren't forced to compete in the past and that's also true for local uh, media so think of your i mean i'm from upstate new york just to give an anecdote and there's really one entity that controls i think it's three or four newspapers up in northern new york and they've had that monopoly pretty much for a hundred years 150 years and then suddenly now since you have this new technology being um, the internet, being uh, smartphones, people all of a sudden, just your average everyday you know, Joe Schmo can go out with a smartphone, find a, a politician or an elected official, and start asking questions. Start putting them on the record uh, be, beyond the, the scope of a, a friendly interview or a not-so-friendly interview with a media uh, individual from name the, the news entity that has a particular bias they're trying to promote. So... I think that alone is terrifying to the traditional media because now all of a sudden they're not the, the only game in town. And we've seen it obviously with, with having the likes of uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Jack Dorsey, who is the CEO of Twitter, going to, to Congress. And there's been this push by Congress to start regulating these social media companies and then take it a step further, looking at uh, regulating uh, the internet with net neutrality. I mean... People can say all they want about Trump, but to have the FCC uh, actually stay saying, you know, no, we're not going to have net neutrality because really that would turn into what we're seeing over in uh, in Europe with the European Union with I forget is it is a Bill 13 I think it's what it's called with their their banning of offensive memes. I mean, we're seeing what happens when you have this government uh, sneaking its fingers into the various areas of the free market to to form a narrative, and and you're a perfect example. Um, you know, be it anecdotally, what happens when you have someone who's going against the traditional norms, you're actually going out and, and asking tough questions to people, raising up very real issues, and then there's that attempt to silence you. So I guess to, to kind of give you um, the last word here, what's the call to action to libertarians and, and conservatives who sat there saying, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm not Alex Jones, I'm safe. What should we do to avoid uh, following the likes of what happened to Alex Jones, Gavin McInnes, uh, Infowars, and to keep ourselves safe? So I'm going to have essentially two messages here. One is to libertarians and two is you know to the wider general audience. The first one is libertarians, I think we often think that we're safe. Because we see that you know we can get along with basically everybody, and ultimately uh, the wars between the the conservatives and the liberals, the progressives, it's not it's not that point anymore. I'm sorry, but it's gonna get to the point where the liberals they see everyone who's not them as a fascist, racist, conspiracy theorist. So if you don't think you're safe, I'm sorry. So if you think you're safe, you're not safe. And secondly, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier in the program. You know, it's never top-down attacks. It's always bottom-up. It's the flooding. Not many people can be heard screaming, because you know I was I have not been kicked off a platform, but I've had to go to other platforms like Minds.com and Gab and others to try and get my content out there. Because essentially on Facebook, it's I'm in a I'm in no man's land. Uh, Twitter, you know, I, I 
I mean, Twitter's kicked me out so many times. YouTube has censored everything I've done. It's ridiculous. But if you don't care now, if you don't look out now, it's going to get really bad. And, you know, I, I'm against the, all those people that say we need to use antitrust laws against Facebook. I mean, here's the thing. Like, just get off Facebook. Like, just just go somewhere else. Go literally anywhere else. Your life will not end if you get off Facebook. People act like Facebook is a public utility. I mean, I could have made the same argument for MySpace in 2004. Last I checked, it's like RoboCops Detroit. No one really cares. But if you don't care now, if you think it's only for other people, if you think you're not big enough to get caught, listen, it's going to start hitting. We are libertarians, lines of liberty, the lava flow, being libertarian, the libertarian republic. I mean, just look what they did to Austin Peterson when he mm -hmm. almost won the primary, when he was seen as a threat. Like, it can happen to anybody. But if you think it's not going to happen to you, you're going to be one of the first people they come for. And that's all I've got to say. All right, man. All right. Last question. Stay away from libertarians. So I had you <laughs> on my show uh, a couple months ago, and obviously we, we talked about the book, and at that point in time, it just came out. Hey, I had the exclusive. I had Remzo Martinez on my show to do an exclusive discussion about his book, and you've gotten a lot of raving reviews from libertarians as well as conservatives and people, I'd say, that are more uh, in the middle who were a little, um, shall we say, libertarian curious. So... Give us an update. How have things been going with with uh, the the stay away from libertarians? And as we get towards the, uh, the 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 holiday season, I mean, I think there must be an opportunity here for people to uh, you know put forward a few dollars and and maybe get a, a gift for a, a loved one. Oh, absolutely. Well, since we last spoke, the book has gotten endorsements from Michael Knowles and Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire. Uh, Jennifer Grossman, plenty of other people have <laughs> come out and time loved out, the time book. out. Ben Shapiro <laughs> and Michael Knowles over at the Daily Wire plugged your book and, and gave you raving reviews. Yes, sir. Dude, so um, that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, it was it, it was it was a great time, and uh, you know I had a great gentleman over there uh, who wrote a very nice review of the book. You can go ahead and check out the review over at the Daily Wire and, uh, you know, Ben and Michael checked it out and they're like, well, this must be good enough to plug. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it hit there. It got as high as number 10 on the Amazon bestsellers list. It was just beautiful, just beautiful. And, uh, you know, since we last spoke, the book, the book has broken over a thousand copies. And by that I'm including purchased print and Kindle copies on top of Kindle and limited downloads. So thousands of people have had their eyes on this book and you know, I've gotten plenty of messages and tweets and letters from people that have just said that you know they had a great time learning and laughing in the process. So gang, <laughs> if you want to go ahead and get your own copy, it's on Kindle Unlimited today, but you can go ahead and order your own copy to cherish and love forever and print your Kindle over on Amazon.com, on Barnes & Noble as well. And if you want a signed copy, I'll personally autograph it for you. Go ahead and check out R.W. Martinez. That's R as in Robert, W as in W martinez.com slash book rwmartinez.com slash book and i'll go ahead and sign it and send it your way to a loved one all that jazz and uh you know we'll have fun in the process there we go man hey and you know what like i said before um i gave it a read we did that great review it's a phenomenal book it's it's very enjoyable and, and i'll obviously put the link for the book in the show notes uh but with that being said remzo martinez where can folks go ahead and find you on social media 
all the evil places, Facebook and Twitter at Remso W. Martinez. You can find me on Gab and Mines as well at Remso Republic. Or uh, just go ahead and check out my website, rwmartinez.com. All right, good, sir. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to hop back on the Brian Nichols Show uh, for a little update as well as uh, talking about what you've experienced yourself with the, the, the censorship that's taking place. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you really want people to be aware of what's happening within not only the uh, the conspiracy theory in the internet being Alex Jones and Infowars, but truly what's happening at the, the bottom level with us, you know, uh, grassroots libertarians, conservatives. Share this episode with your friends and family. Raise up the issue. It's a very real issue, and it needs to be talked about. And hey, nobody's going to know about it unless we tell each other uh, through word of mouth. Because obviously, social media, they've been uh, going out of their way to censor it. But with that being said... If you enjoyed today's episode, again, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at B Nichols Liberty or on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. Want to make a one-time donation? Head over to uh, PayPal and a PayPal me a one-time donation at the Brian Nichols Show at gmail.com. Every little bit helps so much. Uh, with that being said, look, ladies and gentlemen, it's Brian Nichols here in the Brian Nichols Show signing off for Remzo Martinez. We'll see you next week.